Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Well, good morning, Finn. I was just about to say hello to you. Yes. And I've just realised I've left the two pages of my of my uh, podcast script. Hang on. Yeah, it's not a script. It's not a script. No, it's not a script. It is, it is a set of bullet it's a prompts. prompts with some prompts. There we but go. We are on four pages today. Can I just say we are really slick going into 2023? <laughs> okay, so this is episode 103. Ooh. Entitled Heston, how inspection may ch- shape the future of curriculum for Wales. Let's start 2023 as we mean to go on straight hard hitting. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. We, we, you know, we've had some, we had our back to work podcast, which was 101. Yes. We had a fantastic podcast with Will Barrett, which went yes. out previous one to this one. Yeah. Which has been brilliant, really well received. Yeah. And then we've got now hard hitting. Yeah, straight into straight in there. So let, let's what talk about been? what we've been doing over the last two weeks. Yeah, well, apart from the usual reading everything that comes out, we have been working with schools. We have. We've been flat out working with schools. We, we haven't have. really mentioned that, have we? So no. And, and we were saying to Darren, who yeah. you met on our yeah. Christmas party, Darren, Darren. that yeah, that uh, we really should take more photos and and be more focused yeah. on the PR side of things. Sorry, Darren. I yeah, think we, we forget that, that, don't we? So we yeah, are we are so busy about. going in and just doing the work <laughs> that we forget that you know we need you know, to tell people about it as well. But we have. We've been with. Peterly Back and Fairwater, yeah, again, which was really nice. And I, I'm trying to remember what we did there. It was assessment and progression. It was assessment for Wales, based building on the work they've done on on science of learning and the research that underpins good effective yeah. curriculum design. We worked with Marlborough Primary. That was uh, oh, that was a quite, it was really great enjoyed that with the. Uh, SLT. 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 It was yeah. a lovely morning spent with them. Big school as well. Yes. What, 450 pupils? Yeah, yeah. So big school. There's some great discussions as well, which is yeah. which is which is lovely. We were in Cumbach um Community Primary. Community we Primary up near Aberdare and doing uh, assessment and progression so in the, for Wales. That's the first of a series of sessions yeah. we're doing with them as well, yeah. isn't it? Can I just say it's a good job we didn't go there the day after because we had the snow. I That's think right. We would have got yeah, back down no. the hill. And this afternoon, which obviously is yeah. is not the same day as you're listening to this, um, we'll back in with Cumrumney Welsh Medium Cluster. But yeah, and all the curriculum needs face to face today, and I love those sessions. They're We're great. doing, and I it's a, it's a little bit of a um is a, a slightly different session today, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it because we're doing scaffolded practice. Yes. So we're actually going to get staff to practice some of the skills and the tools and the strategies and practices that they need when they're off on their own doing uh, yeah. curriculum design assessment progression um back in their own school so that should be really interesting yeah and by the time this podcast comes out we will actually be in north wales we will be we're having a little jolly little road trip we'll have our little road trips uh we're up at St. richard Gwynn. yeah which is nice yeah. working with the secondary school again because we've yeah. done a lot of primary school work Working with yeah, the secondary yeah, yeah. school will be interesting. Yeah. And you're and, doing what you're um, doing. I can say we've got our lovely, our usual night over in the village hotel. Oh, yeah. I've been just a bit of a car yeah, break. We, 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 we do love that. Um, yeah, I'm still knee deep in assessment. I'm still doing the GCSE readiness and I'm still doing um, the um, writing some numeracy questions for online, which is really you know this ticket along and um, i have been uh, oh. collecting testimonials for um my book with bruce yes robertson the um, handbook uh, of teaching um which when it was released certainly within 24 hours it hit number one on the new releases list yeah. so if you haven't already seen it we'll put the the link in the the podcast show notes today but if you yeah. haven't already seen it, you can pre-order it on Amazon. It's yeah. out on the 10th of March. Really excited yeah. about that. We've had some amazing testimonials. Yeah. Thank you to those people who've written them. We'll, we'll share a little bit more um, about that. And we are unashamedly going to plug the book every single podcast we are. between now and... <laughs> we are. We are, my little stick man. Illustrating the wonderful stick writing. Sticky people. people. Sorry. Because we're... Let's not we're, be... We're uh, little sticky people. Yeah, we are. If anyone's yeah, noticed Jane and Finn on the podcast. Guess okay. which... Let's get on with what yeah, we're let's doing get serious. So, currently, as we see, uh, as it is in Wales, Estin and the Estin inspection process is the only 
form of accountability for primary schools. Yeah. It is one of two accountability measures in Wales for secondary schools. They have obviously yeah, GCSE external yeah. uh, examinations and ESTIM, but it's a very uneven accountability landscape right now. And um, we have, again, we've asked Welsh Government again when um, there's going to be an announcement you about... You've to that bear yet again. Have, I have poked the bear again there. about um, school performance measures because... Um, they actually promised it back in July of 2022. Then it was September of 2022. Then it was later that term. Then it was um, early in the new year. And that's why we've, we've pl- poked them again about it. And they, um, we asked them at the beginning of the week, hoping that they would get back to us by the time we recorded the podcast, but they haven't got back to us yet. So as soon as we know, you will know. Maybe but next week. But as it currently stands, there is no information about if there is going to be another school performance measure available in Wales. So potentially, you know, all that we know at the moment is that primary schools, Eston is it. Yeah. Which is why I I, I think it wasn't what prompted me to do um, the data analysis I did. But afterwards, I realised that how important it actually is. And and judging by the readership of the blog, because I put all of the we talk about what data analysis yeah. did, but I, I summarised it all in a blog. And within three hours, a thousand people have read it. It was quite shocking. It's it's currently on, I think, getting on for 6,000 yeah. reads. And given that there are only 1,470 schools in Wales, I think we can probably say that there's a high likelihood we're covering a large majority of those schools have read it. Yeah. I think I think we've missed we missed we've misread this slightly. Because back in the autumn term, when mm. we were doing the workshops, when we asked the question, what worries and concerns have you got around accountability. assessment, accountability, mm. everything, progression? Estim wasn't the one that popped up anywhere near the Nobody top. It was, it was it, usually at the end, one of us would prompt them yeah. and say, well, what about Estim? What about the external accountability? And it wasn't anything that was really at the forefront. And no. whether it's one of those things that, because they, because everyone knows that this nothing you can do about it for the minute at the minute with so much else going on it's been pushed to the back of the mind Mm. we didn't think this blog and this analysis would be as jumped on yeah i think that's as popular as as it as it has been it was more of us having a discussion about oh what sort of do you know i I genuinely i genuinely thought oh look there's lots of um estim reports out i wonder i wonder what it looks like i wonder if there's a new language i wonder you know what are they picking up around it was more to do with what are they picking up around curriculum for wales and how schools are absolutely working towards embedding it and i thought when i started that it would just show us schools that were doing really well and what they were doing because they were doing really well that's what i thought it would show us but it's actually shown us something quite different yeah we love a big picture don't we yeah so so we're going to refer to in today's podcast we're going to refer to two pieces of information one the analysis that we did on um, all of the recommendations from all of the Eston reports and to the annual report. Yeah. So, so the um, chief inspector's annual report yeah. from Eston. So Can we just say that this this is only though primary and secondary. Yes. Yes. Okay. So yeah. let's let's kind of start with setting out what we did, why we did it, how we did it, and the stats yeah. from uh, what's what's yeah. it threw up. So how we carried out the analysis. Basically what I did was I went back to um, the 1st of September. Any school, any primary mainstream, secondary mainstream or all age school that had an inspection from the 1st of September onwards. So some of them actually, I think were actually in January. Um, No, they wouldn't have been, no. 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 So it was just the first term. Um, any school that had had a standard inspection, not a monitoring visit, not a, a revisit through um, some kind of follow up, but just a standard inspection. Um, I took the recommendations that they um, had, uh, put them in a spreadsheet alongside whether the school had implemented curriculum for Wales or not, and uh, whether they were in some kind of follow up or whether they had yeah. a case study or not. Um, so all of that information went into a spreadsheet. And then what I did was I went through all of the recommendations and looked for categories. So I didn't start with the Estin categories. I started with 
what what was the kind of the main element of that that recommendation yeah. and how could that uh, be grouped together yeah. with others who had a similar because, because as we know there are any estin estin traditional categories as such there are there yeah, are but elements of, of the, the but report. no official no no so you know it, it is kind of was very very open data you could have really done loads of different yeah. things with it and it did using your degree to uh well it, you know it's funny really that's funny well in my degree i actually did i did english <laughs> So, so very much, so, but it was uh, linguistics yeah. as well as literature. Uh, we, did, we did a whole year on linguistics. So it, it was, um, you know, really looking at the language yeah. that was used in all the category. But I also did a year of psychology where I actually had to do statistics and st yeah. statistical analysis as part of it, which I found very, very difficult, yeah. but I've got an A-level math. So yes, I did use that. I was, it was yeah, quite fun. I really enjoyed it. I even learned some new things about spreadsheets. You did. Yeah. Which you showed me. <laughs> okay, so the stats. Okay, so the total number of schools visited was 54. So who had the inspections? So yeah. That's just under 4% of the total number of schools in Wales. Yeah. 47 primary schools six secondary schools only two of which had actually yeah. implemented curriculum for wales as of september 2022 and it, this didn't obviously this this doesn't include any schools that had the inspection the last couple of weeks of the autumn term because their reports aren't out yet no exactly so it's just make sure that's clear and then there was one all-age school which who also had yeah. implemented curriculum for wales at the time of inspection okay so estin the the this new inspection framework that was implemented as of September, uh, formally because it was on a pilot before that, but so we didn't yeah. look at the pilot ones. We could have done, but we didn't. We yeah. just looked at the ones from yeah. the beginning of September because we knew then that we could guarantee every primary school yeah. would have implemented curriculum for Wales. And this new inspection framework has removed the narrative judgments. Yeah. So we don't. We no longer have you know excellent schools or good schools or whatever. But what was really interesting on, um, you know, analysis of the data, what we can see is there are still five distinct categories. Yeah. So whilst there aren't any narrative judgments, you don't get an excellent or not. You can still see that they are grouped into different categories. And, you know, you have to kind of, um, there's a, sort of a little bit of a caveat for this, because obviously the categories that we're going to talk about in a, in a minute they don't directly correlate with the categories that we have before, but they are still five categories. Yeah. So it's still clear that there are differences. So those categories are, and I'm going to start at the bottom because it's it's more um, straightforward. So obviously special measures and significant improvement are still as they were before. Yeah. And of the 54 schools um, that were inspected and part of our sample, seven of those were in those two categories, significant improvement or special measures. Then we have the Estin and LA review. Now, when I looked at it, um, there were eight out of the 54 that appeared in that category. Yeah. One of those in the eight was only an Estin review. And I don't know whether that was typo or whether that was all of the others were Estin and LA review. And I don't know whether there are two different things yeah, or whether that. they, it's just yeah. a mistake. I don't know. And then the next one up, they didn't have, obviously they weren't in any kind of follow-up. And they didn't have any kind of other kind of comments. So it's kind of no follow-up, no case study practice. So, and these were 23 of the 54. Yeah. But then we had um, schools whose practice was worthy of a case study. And there were 16 out of the 54 yeah. that appeared in there. Now, those schools who had uh, their practice was worthy of a case study, it wasn't all of their practice. It was just well, an element of yeah. their practice. So this is why it doesn't equate to... I think that tends to... That's very similar to what it was before, isn't that? Yeah, it doesn't, element, yeah. it doesn't equate to, well, this school is excellent yeah. overall. So let's just bear that in mind. But there's still five distinct categories. So then we have the 13 categories that I put the recommendations into. And this this is obviously... This is what I saw in the language. Yeah. And what I when you looked at the way in which the sentences of the recommendations were constructed what was the kind of the the key theme in yeah. that so you would have um, recommendations that mentioned both say challenge and independent yeah. learning but depending on the sentence construction I chose the one that it was you know that was most focused around so but we had I was gonna say there's lots of these as well that you would have had pre 
September. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not as if we're in a completely different regime, is it? No. Teach schools are still yeah. very much the same as they were before. Yes, yeah. yeah. came in. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got 13 categories that we identified um, or, um, for the recommendations. We've got obviously attendance, challenge, cross curricular skills, including, and this is a big one, literacy, numeracy, digital competence, and Welsh, evaluation and improvement, governors, health and safety independent learning, leadership, outdoor learning, planning for progress, professional learning, pupil voice and influence, and the quality of teaching and assessment. Now, um, we're going to look at um, about seven of those in a little bit more detail in a minute. But before we do that, um, I just want to comment on something that I saw on Facebook, because we put it on Facebook, we put the blog on Facebook, and it was really interesting. Well, over a thousand yeah. people came from Facebook to read it. Yeah. Um, but what was really interesting is somebody had taken a screenshot and shared it on Facebook of those categories. Mm -hmm. And that made us really wonder what schools were going to do with those categories. I, I think it's very much as well. It's no, just having a steer about when Eston do come in. Mm what are they specifically picking up and looking at in that amount of detail? Mm. So those lines of inquiry, isn't it? It's yeah. just, it's flagging that up. But it, the danger is that it doesn't become a tick, a box. tick box thinking, right, well, they're looking, they're going to look at this, 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 and this. And that's not what this was intended to no, do. Is absolutely it? not. But I think this is the danger of having a, um, a, an educational landscape where you've only got the inspection process yes. as accountability, because of course we well, want to know, well, what is it that you're going to ask us about? What yeah, is it yeah. that we need to evidence to you, yeah. um, to prove to you? And having someone say, well, these are the 13 things yeah. that are really important um, because they appear in recommendations. You want to of, course, of course, you're going to look at them and go, well, what do we do about yeah. challenge? Yeah. What do we do about independent learning? Well, yeah. You don't want to be on the spot, do you? No, no. I, I'm trying to think of the best way of kind of telling the story of what we did. And I think the best way is probably to... Um, talk about the key points and then look at examples of those key points yeah. in the recommendation categories. So the the biggest thing that this showed me when I looked through it and you had a look through it as well, the um, the recommendations and the variety of the recommendations and how variable the recommendations were even in uh, within a category is just how varied and variable the inspection process is. We're, yeah we're, we're talking about everyone being judged because mm. that's what it is against mm. the same standard that's something because different. that uh, it, it, yeah because i mean if you just if you just think about what an inspection process actually means so you've got all of these inspectors um both who are working in schools themselves head teachers but are also you know full-time Eston inspectors, you've got lay inspectors, you've got, you know, various different yeah. types of inspectors. And they all have had some training and they've all had information about, you know, what you should be looking for and how they should be looking for it. But the, the bottom line is they're all individuals. Yeah. And they're all individuals with their own knowledge base, with their own understanding Experience, yeah. experiences, experiences, their own approach to what they think good education yeah. looks like, their own ideology. And they, they, you know, no inspection framework really can be tight enough no. to, um, to negate the cognitive biases, biases that these inspectors go yeah. to school with. So they come in with their own, you know, their own individual yeah. set of based on what, as well what they've seen in previous yeah inspection yeah, yeah. visits, isn't it? Yeah, and what was going on before September. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's very, very difficult to compare schools where there isn't actually a comparable standard. You know, where you've got with Curriculum for Wales, you've got each school is taking the curriculum and they're doing it their own way. And they're creating their own set of evidence yeah. to say, well, look, our way works. How can you possibly tell whether that way is better than yeah. the school down the road or whether that way is actually working yeah. or the set of information that you've been shown is is a skewed 
representation. I mean, that, yeah. well, that's very difficult well, as also, well. Also, particularly at this early stage within implementation of yeah. Trickle for Wales. Yeah, yeah. And there is a whole section, not only in, you know, the Eston reports where they talk about progress, because that's why we've picked yeah. planning for progress. That's a big theme. But also when you look at the annual reports from the chief inspector, there's a whole section there on curriculum for Wales and how schools yeah. are developing their curriculum to yeah. fit with the guidance of curriculum for Wales. And I know that a lot of schools have been doing this for longer than one term, but it's still very, very early days to be able to say, well, this is good or that's that's not. It, it's just it's going to take time. <laughs> And for I guess, us to see where where things are heading with crypto wells, isn't it? Well, and this is the thing. And I think when you have um, a whole phase of schools, primary schools, who just have this, is that this has the potential to be incredibly powerful and uh, encourage schools down a particular yeah. avenue, or, or, or not? Because if you think about, you know, if you were, if you were doing this with a class, and you were um, you were doing a, an inspection. Um, approach with a class you know you were sitting there listening to the learners maybe looking at their books maybe looking at data that had been created by the class yeah. teacher um you would have one view on this mm. you know unless you have that that double check with some nationally comparable standards yeah. and we don't have any nationally comparable standards yeah. for curriculum for wales other than the national tests, which are very yeah. limited. Um, it's really quite difficult to see how this well, can be anything other than subjective. Well, at the moment, the standard we've got is those schools that are coming out with those comments against Critter for Wales as, you know, they are making good progress against it. That is becoming, yeah. you know, what was what has also surprised me is we've had a number of emails following on from that blog that went out from... Yeah colleagues that we know yeah. who are head teachers or, or, yeah. or working further afield that in, you know in in education education improvement. improvement who wanted to who were so glad that that process has been yeah. done because it was something that they wanted to do yes. obviously haven't had the time to do it yeah to see what the picture is absolutely i didn't realize that you know it had been on my mind and obviously been in lots of other people's minds as well and then we did it i mean um What's also interesting is if you look at the uh, assessment thematic report that, that Eston put yeah. out, um, I think it was last year, it's just at the November, end of uh, late October, November. Yeah. Wasn't it? OK, so they they put they looked at uh, ways in which schools were assessing against or not against Curriculum for Wales, within Curriculum for Wales. And they had some case studies in there. And some of the case studies were really awesome. Yeah. They, they were different from the case studies that we see on the Welsh Government website in that could actually do something with them and you yeah. could see how things had been started and carried on and completed is, however not all of them some of them you could see that they were actually they don't quite fit with Welsh government guidance to they on assessment no so you know the fact that there are case studies on the Esting uh, website saying you know that here are these 10 case studies but only eight of them are actually we know in line with Welsh government guidance you would expect the inspection process to have that same level yeah. of consistency in that it's it's you know that they, they don't have a single set ideology a single approach a single what a good one looks like and therefore their inspection process is still very subjective it's still very varied and variable and i think that you know for example and i'm just quoting from the annual uh the chief inspector's annual report in a few schools there, uh, where there was an overfocus on reading techniques, pupils did not develop an enthusiasm for reading and this hindered their progress. I, I'm just sorry, that just jumped out at me. So like, what does that even mean? Yeah. How can you how can you focus on reading techniques too much? You know, why would as somebody who's an, a, a, an English graduate is that's the whole point of reading is that you know, pulling something to part, deconstructing yeah. it, understanding the language, which is a reading technique, yeah. that is reading. And it just, I, I just thought, what does that even mean? And I, I think that we're in a situation where that could mean 
you know, it could be linked with things like systematic synthetic phonics, that they don't like that. Yeah. And therefore they see that, you know, where's the creativity and the pleasure in reading, but I don't know. But that, that's sometimes the problem, is it, with these slightly more standard sentences, is that the detail and the nuances are mm. taken out mm. and then it's left to Schools whoever's written. And it's that interpretation yeah. that suddenly develops into these lethal mutations. And we know all about, mm. you know, how things have shifted with curriculum for Wales and, you know, talking and, and things have mutated into things that have moved so far away from what curriculum for Wales was set out to do at the beginning. Well, absolutely. I mean, I, and I'm going to quote here another quote that, that came out in the annual report um, that just kind of epitomises um, the inspection process. OK, and it, it says, I quote, a minority of schools developed a sensible approach to assessment, which incorporated observations, discussions with pupils and feedback that informed next steps in teaching. Now, if you get a school looking at that going, oh, OK, so we need to do observations. Yeah. We've got to discuss things with pupils and we've got to provide yeah. feedback. And we've got and yeah. yeah, all those things are really useful, but it then becomes a bit of a tick box approach. And there are approaches to assessment that include more than that yeah. or maybe only some of those things and are still valid. And very often then that is where it becomes detached from the real purpose of assessment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're just in a really difficult um, landscape at the moment where we've got, um, you know, the um, inspection process is everything. And therefore it has, get, it has, you know, become massively more important. And we have a situation where it's still very, very new in terms of curriculum for Wales, but schools are desperate to understand what yeah. is going on. And I think they need, I mean, my my interpretation of this is whilst this is interesting, this analysis, it's more of a description of um, where Estin currently are than anything schools need to do. So with that in mind, let's let's talk about seven categories of recommendation that we felt were worth mentioning that we, we talked about in our blog, but if you've read our blog, we're gonna, gonna give a little bit more detail on them that we didn't have room for in the blog. And the first of these was challenge, the level of challenge for pupils, because it came from early in the autumn term, it's all about teacher expectations. Um, and it sort of shifted towards Christmas. It was much more about appropriate challenge. Yeah for the pupils and that, that's really yeah. difficult isn't it and, and particularly as well if you look that in september october you've got new classes yeah it take it does take a while to actually assess and understand where your pupils actually are well okay but if it takes the teacher mm. a, a while yeah, and it exactly. does it takes the teacher a while to assess and understand where your class is and each yes of those 30 yeah. individuals are i mean secondary schools even more so because you've got so many classes but primary understanding yeah. where they are in all of the different yeah. subjects how can a an inspector accurately go in and say that's yes this is appropriate challenging yeah. or yeah. no this isn't yeah. appropriately challenging because that's based on predetermined well i mean the other you know, things is if we if we look at the research on novices and experts yeah. And we know that the large majority of their school life, children are novices um, because they're learning about new things. There is a there is a a, a need for um, information that they already know yeah. to be explored again. Yeah. Retrieval practice, yeah. deepening that understanding. I mean, we don't know whether this was, you know, pupils were copying or yeah, it's what context that's in isn't it but i think it, it's it needs exploring it needs unpicking a little bit doesn't it yeah and well the other thing um that i picked up on on this is that um, if you just look at which schools would be given challenger recommendation it was only schools that um seem to be doing quite well after the inspection yeah. process we you know you weren't finding schools and special measures being given this yeah. that i don't think yeah. there were any schools and special measures that were given this particular recommendation so it the, begs the question is it only children in schools that are doing well that require yeah appropriate challenge yeah. or have we got categories of recommendations that that's what it looks that, like it fits doesn't it yeah okay so independent learning again i mean independent learning and challenge often went together which which was interesting 
and again mostly good schools but the thing that that struck me about independent learning is that it was entirely reserved for primary schools no but, secondary schools were given this recommendation at all and you can't tell me that our oh, pupils in secondary oh they're all independent Jane. no they no okay. they're, they're all independent okay Speaking from a secondary ba uh, background, <laughs> I can tell you they're not. They're not. They're yes, not. I mean, but it, how many second yeah. teachers and stuff would go? Oh yeah. my God, those year sevens. Yeah. But all, but also that idea of that independence. How much that links with one of the other recommendations? So the one we talk about was about pupil voice and influence. Yeah, absolutely. And and there was, I mean, it was really interesting the language that was being used with independent learning and I'm quoting yeah. here now too much teacher-led activity um, guiding their own learning adults too willing to help which negates the chance for children to practice resilience and perseverance and I I mean personally I have a bit of a problem with that because because an adult is helping you it doesn't mean that you can't uh, be resilient no. through that process yeah. I mean you know help is actually part of what it takes to, to develop be re yeah, resilience, resilience. Yeah. But, you know, but also developing curiosity. It's as though the only way you can develop curiosity is to be entirely independent. And no, that no, doesn't, no, no. that doesn't kind separate of them, can you? It's very, very difficult. They're all intrinsically linked, aren't they? Well, it, it feels, it feels like some of these recommendations are coming from a very specific ideological yeah. approach, mm. uh, perspective. Mm. And th th although there was, there was a really interesting point, um, that there was a, a dislike of writing guidelines, um, particularly, um, I think somebody, there was a mention of genre writing guidelines. guidelines. And I know that yeah. has been, you know, something that's been put forward yeah. by um, various support organisations. But it depends, again, in what context and, how it's, and, and how it's used, isn't it? So it's, yes, there is a place for it. Yeah. But in what context has it been seen and observed and 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 how has it been utilized in the classroom yeah i think that that's that's the danger of this as well and in, in, yeah. in it you've really got to unpick and know what the context a lot of this was but it's, it gives you a really good general idea of where things are heading well when you think about the context though what what's happening is that you've got an inspector going into a school and saying, I see this thing happening. I see them using writing guidelines and that shaping their writing. Yeah. And I feel that that is they are lacking independence. OK, and they're making a judgment on that. And they don't know necessarily the whole context yeah. of where that happens. Yeah. It may be that these children are you know, having to have that very guided practice they're having to have that very scaffolded yeah. practice we don't have, know that. have no have those conversations taken place and if they have then that's that that yeah. gives you that idea of where it's come from isn't it exactly yeah. but i think that there is also a danger of you know inspectors coming into school and seeing a very small element of the school's work and making judgment i'm not saying that inspectors aren't accurate yeah. in understanding what's a good school and what's a not good mm. school what I'm what I'm questioning is how accurate are the recommendations yeah. in saying what well, this is what the school needs to yeah. improve. I mean, it is quite it's quite. I mean, you and well, I go into a school and we know you almost know as soon as you walk into the foyer whether it's a a it's, good school it's that or not. Feeling, it's that feeling, you just you know it? you do yeah. make a judgment fairly early on, and there is a feel to a good school yeah. or not. But what the inspection process is looking for is it's looking for evidence of what needs to improve. And that's really, really difficult. I mean, is. I know that we've worked with schools for a couple of years. Yeah. And it's taken us two years to get down to, well, actually, this is this the root problem, isn't it? This feels very surface level. And, ver and very much this idea that, you know, there has to be progress made every lesson. We know that that's not how learning works. I know. Like hopefully we've moved away from that idea that in that 60 minute lesson mm. pupils needed to have gone from here to here because mm. that's what you plan and it's very structured we've moved away from that thank goodness yeah because it's not how learning yeah takes place and I, I think I keep on coming back to that these are judgments that are being made about schools that are being made in a relatively subjective way by an individual who comes with their own ideology into that school but they are, for primary school certainly, 
they are the be all and end all of whether they know they're getting it they're yeah, getting right. it right or yeah. not and i think that's that's really uh, an issue because i mean in the annual report we've got a foundation the foundation phase approach is being linked directly with problem solving or an authentic learning um, and they're linking those two things with resilience and independence and and you know that's an ideology that yeah. that's not a uh, a research-based approach necessarily. I mean, there's no research cited as part of that. And I think we just need to be really, really careful that we don't say, um, look at some of these school recommendations and go, well, that's actually the root cause of this school's yeah. problem. Just as an aside, something else I looked at in the annual report, they had a full list of all of the schools um, that had gone into follow-up that had actually come out yeah. in the... And I, I did a bit of data analysis. I took, um, I looked for the average time it took yeah. them to get out and it was two and two and a yeah. half years. Yeah. What was really interesting is there were some schools in there for over six years that were in a special measures or yeah. follow-up. I think we've got to remember the COVID in the middle Agreed. of it has, has changed. Yeah, but it does Agreed. give you a But I a think measure. that, you know, for those schools, they don't want to be in that for yeah. six years. Yeah. You know, and so there is something happening in the system that is not that is not supporting those schools out you know and i don't think this is this is the fault of schools especially with covid but i think it's the fault of the system that isn't able to support them to you know and i'm talking about the average was two and a half yeah there were a lot around sort of 2.2 to two two and 11 months yeah but there were still quite a few beyond that and i think it's the schools um are doing their best before that yeah. But we also know this, there are lots of unintended consequences when schools go into a category. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. makes the job even more harder. Because it's so punitive. Yeah. Because it's so punitive and because nobody wants to be there because it's so uncomfortable and so unpleasant <laughs> and, and so much pressure yeah. is put on you. Yeah. And there's very, there's not, there's focus more on pressure than there is on support. And yeah. that that's what... If we're looking at the inspection process as a supportive process, because that's what it's supposed to be, a yeah. learning inspectorate. And I'm not sure how supportive some of these inspection recommendations are, because what can you do with them knowing that there's some anomalies in with them what, and how research based are? They? What will be interesting is in a couple of months time when we look at the follow up reports mm. for some of these is maybe to repeat this exercise and come back and have a look and see how things have moved on absolutely from there and how the picture has changed because remember this is only term one of the inspection yes. process yeah and you know and it's that that um volatility yeah the first term until yes. things settle. begin to settle down because yeah. it's all based on the schools that were in the first round so you know if you were to give a little bit of advice of anybody looking at this data because i did share all of the data as well is that just take it with a pinch of salt yeah. just see it as a uh, as a an analysis of the inspection process, not an analysis of what schools should be doing. But it's what we're doing. It's about having that conversation and, yeah. and raising those questions. Does this mean this? Absolutely. What might this mean? Absolutely. And what does it mean for us? So. Right. So moving on, we've done challenge and independent learning. And interestingly, they're often grouped together. Yeah. So schools that get one often get the other one of those. Um, then we've got cross-curricular skills. Now, this is a really big area. I, I grouped it all together because, you know, the, the processes of development of these kinds of areas are often similar. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we had Literacy, Numeracy, Welsh, Digital Skills, 52 recommendations in 41 schools. Um, and this is one of the few places where standards are mentioned, but only in three of the 52 recommendations. Yeah. Now, we do have standards for literacy and numeracy in the national test, but the fact that it was only mentioned in three of the 52 recommendations, I thought that was really interesting. And given that the LNF and the DCF have been around since 2012, so this is 10 years later. DCF was a little bit later, wasn't it? But Okay, yeah, nine, but, 10 but years later. LNF, certainly. Yeah. yeah. And I know, as as you quite rightly mentioned, COVID has been there in, in in the mix as well. So probably we shouldn't expect 10 years of progress, you know, because no. we, we've gone backwards quite a lot. And there was, you know, there was the straightforward improved skills. There was also the opportunity to apply skills. We had improve and develop provision. We had a lot of 
progression mention of progression Planet, a lot. Yeah. What what really struck me about this is that in the inspection guidance for inspectors, it talks about um, inspectors looking uh, to see whether pupils have actually made the expect not the expected pro uh, progress, but uh, progress appropriate to the children's starting points and against the school's curriculum. What a task! Yeah. What a massive in task. a couple of days. Yeah. Well, that that's determined by how good the data the schools yeah. are sharing, and I and judging on our um, our discussions with schools, I think there are a lot of schools out there who actually don't know how to collect that data yet. And it's still it's still very much a work in progress. Well, it is very much because if you realistically look at it, we're only saying that schools have started with Cricket for Wales 2022 officially. Yeah. And here we are, only a couple of months later, we're already making... Well, in some cases, of, a few days later. Yeah, we're making, making those sorts of comments around yeah. how much progress they're making against the school. And it takes time for things to embed. Yeah. You know, we talked about co coherence and progression yeah. with the curriculum. You know, it's not something that you could just put your finger no, on. No, but, but even when, let's say we've been doing this for five years, it, it demands of schools that they have a starting point yeah. for every pupil every area of the yeah. curriculum and they have a a trajectory of what progress should look, look like, like for that yeah. child against against the yeah. curriculum and what is deemed to be appropriate or not appropriate for each individual child yeah that's an enormous amount of data against our average child of what we expect them to be because that's gone you well don't... not in all schools no not in all schools. not in all schools okay so on that note, <laughs> the quality of teaching. Let's the, let's talk about the quality of teaching and assessment. And obviously, we were talking about before that there seems to be categories of recommendations that that whilst independent learning and challenge is reserved for the schools who are doing yeah. quite well, quality of teaching and assessment is is reserved for the schools who are not doing as well. And three yeah. out of the four schools who uh, were in special measures have this recommendation. Yeah. Uh, the, although some of the better schools do have this recommendation, but it was more to do with uh, providing feedback for pupils and dissemination yeah. of good practice for staff. But it was very much focused, this one, on supporting pupils to make progression. But there's also, within this one, there's also mention of independent learners, challenging all pupils consistently, next steps in learning, appropriate pace, which is interesting appropriate pace who decides what's appropriate engagement um was was also mentioned um and much much mention of uh pupil progress so there's a lot in this it seemed like like the quality of teaching but, and assessment basically covers everything else in the but, recommendations but, but teaching and learning i think is one of those things that you know, it's shouldn't have changed that significantly no no Good teaching and learning is always being good teaching and learning. Yeah. And it's that one thread that, you know, if you can track it back through some of the previous inspection reports, it's one that is tradition, traditionally left for, or appears, not left for, appears more proportionally in those schools in the lower categories. in the in the. Because I feel like if you don't get that right, yeah. then the kind of the job of work of the school is there's something going wrong yeah. there. And it's something that um, appeared in the Chief Inspector's annual report when they were talking about curriculum design, they were talking about the schools that they felt had done curriculum design effectively with those who had focused on pedagogy yeah. first yeah. and used that as the basis yeah. to do curriculum yeah. design effectively. And Because you who, can have the best curriculum written, but if you can't deliver it, well, exactly, or not yeah. deliver, teach it, shall yeah. I say, yeah. then yes. what's the point? Absolutely. Okay, so evaluation and improvement. 26 recommendations, so that's nearly half of all of the schools inspected had a recommendation in yeah. this area, which is really interesting because surely self-evaluation improvement has been ongoing forever. Well, it's like teaching and learning, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so does this mean that all of a sudden um, they've recognised that schools actually aren't very good at this? Or is it the process of self-evaluation improvement that has actually changed and not what schools, really their need. job work yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. doing? Yeah. Because it, 
I mean, self-evaluation before, you know, the self-evaluation, the self-improvement plan yeah. was was a really long document. document. You know, it was, it was a paperwork hoop, wasn't yeah. it? That everyone had to dread that time of year when yeah. we had to, which you shouldn't have to do. It should be an ongoing process. You know your school. Yeah. You know your learners. You know your staff. Yeah. Do you know, I, I, I've been picking, I've been reading stuff um that um, Harry Fletcher would have asked to um, yeah. give feedback on his book um, before it's finished. Um, and a good book. it's a fantastic book. I'm dying to see it come out. Yeah. Um, but talking about how useful or not long-term plans are. Because, you know, how often do you set a plan for three years and by year two, you're doing something well, entirely different. By the end of year one, you still you uh, don't yeah. recognise the plan, do you? Yeah. And and how often do schools get a chance to to throw everything out and yeah. go, well, yeah. we planned to do that, but things didn't yeah. work out. So we're going to do something yeah. entirely different. Because that's what it something is. It's up. a plan. It's not a <laughs> set of things that you have to do. It's not a schedule. No, it's not a schedule. That's the word I was looking for. But it's something that you you adapt. Yeah. Just like a teaching, a lesson plan is exactly the same yeah you've got an idea about where you want to go mm. and you will change mm. as you go as you go on for things that are thrown at you yeah yeah and it, it, it you know it's the level of flexibility that schools have um in terms of self-evaluation improvement planning is very limited because they need to they need to be able to show like 12 months 24 months yeah. 36 months yeah. in advance yeah. where they're where going but then also do it. Yeah. And actually they may find that after six months that it hasn't worked the way yeah. they want it to. And they actually want to throw out several other things because that goes in a work. different direction. Yeah. 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 So the, there's a, I think the self-evaluation and improvement recommendation is going to be a very interesting yeah. one, one to watch because there's a link with the kind of gathering the data, knowing what's going on and linking it back to pupil progress and in one recommendation it actually said what pupils know understand and can do and I thought that was really interesting just to see yeah you know I mean if we go back to there was a a, a very popular um secondary school who had carried out a research project on curriculum for Wales and in the first line of their research project it said uh we haven't um we haven't measured the impact of what we've done in terms of yeah. staff development on People children's yeah. learning and that was supported by a university in lauded across yeah. across wales and it's like well why haven't you because that's the it's most important thing. thing yeah so maybe there's um there's a little bit more focus on pupils learning yeah. as being the point of improving yeah. the quality of teaching learning and so on yeah. and not just thinking about what have you planned as your as your curriculum what have they actually learnt this idea of right. what they can do yeah so it's the it's the recognizing that the taught curriculum is not everything that it's actually the learned curriculum yeah. that is the most yeah. important thing okay so then we've got planning for progress and there were 12 recommendations here what was interesting and i think there's only one point to make here is that of the 12 10 of them were about um planning for progress as it appears in the provisional the curriculum or what, yeah. what you're actually providing for pupils to help them to progress only two of the recommendations were about supporting staff to get this shared understanding of progression and i think i think what we're seeing here is that this shared understanding of progression is actually it doesn't have a great deal of value no it doesn't do an awful lot it doesn't make a difference to the quality of learning yeah. the progress that's made yeah so moving on okay so th that's that's Oh, there was one other thing that I just wanted to mention. They mentioned in the blog. Only got, one. Just, just, just yeah, one. Well, they've got lots of other things to mention, but uh, professional learning. Yeah. Okay. So of the, and I, I didn't count the number of recommendations that it was, you know, huge numbers, like a couple of hundred plus, I, I don't know. There were only two recommendations. Oh, I did, I did. You did, yeah. I did do um, a percentage. It was. It was 1% of all of the recommendations. What I thought was interesting, because surely self-evaluation and improvement, part of that Well, process, you can't have that without professional learning. Exactly. The fact that professional learning as a concept 
appeared in less than one yeah. percent of the recommendations well, professional learning goes with all of them really doesn't it because if you if you if you're identifying as part of the quality of teaching and learning yeah and there's an issue within the school then yeah. your professional learning should be there to support whatever is going on absolutely and you know going back to the idea of wales being a self-improving system yeah this is the job of workforce schools it's not just outside agencies coming in and supporting the teachers you know to improve it's it's schools should be improving their own yeah. practice and their own teachers so why are they why is that not part of the inspection yeah. process yeah. or a very very tiny part one yeah. percent of the inspection I, I just thought it was i just thought it was an interesting omission that that didn't yeah. appear anywhere let's see it, how much of that increases now as we go yeah through into or if it does okay so points of interest and and there's we've already mentioned that independent learning and challenge go together i just want to point out that i found it interesting to find that there were two recommendations that were exactly the same that were made yeah. in in the inspection reports but for two different schools but they were literally word for word exactly the same now the two schools for which those recommendations were made were both schools in North, North Wales, apparently about eight minutes by car apart, both inspected in September, different head teachers, different types of schools. So just, just putting that out there, yeah. that's just an interesting anomaly. Read that of what you will. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, um, so I've I've got some recommendations here. I just thought it was interesting to to see the recommendations what they were and how they seem to be coming from very different ideology yeah. or very different two distinct points. groups isn't it yeah so we've got these two at the beginning and i'm just going to read them so the first one uh, further develop develop approaches to curriculum planning so staff have a shared understanding of progression and all teachers consult with pupils to plan authentic learning experiences which which feels yeah which feels you know very and I, and I think that, led that, learning that's very much a primary tis recommendation isn't it this, okay and then there was I had, a, one. I had a very sharp intake of breath when when it was all teachers consult with pupils to plan authentic learning experiences all it, teachers it, it felt it also yeah. I I you know the use of the word consult it's yeah. like who's in charge yeah okay uh, language yeah. does matter okay and then there was this one Develop pupils' independent learning skills, including their ability to make choices about their learning, improve their own work, and influence the work of the school. Now, I know that influencing the work of the school might just mean being on a school yeah. council or, yeah. or something like that, but they are they are recommendations that are coming from maybe. <laughs> but, a but again, it's a it's a narrative mm. that you and I might interpret that completely yeah. different yeah. differently. Yeah, and it, it's this idea of you know the the ability to make the choices about their learning. And we've talked very much on many, many podcasts about this idea of pupil-centred, pupil-led and, and all of that. And, mm. you know, at what point do they mean? Yeah. Okay, so then we've got, we've got these other two. Ensure that the curriculum supports pupils to develop their knowledge and skills progressively, especially in numeracy. And ensure that assessment, including feedback, informs teachers' planning and supports pupil progress. So very much... Um, you know feels like the teacher is in charge yes yeah. it's, it's it's effectively we've got we've got two um, recommendations that seem to be all from a progressive yeah constructivist standpoint and yeah. we've got two recommendations that seem to be more from a traditionalist sure, yeah. um, that's quite interesting standpoint. that one though as well is it talking about progress progression of skills especially numeracy numeracy i would have thought is the one that's the easiest mm. to mm to do yeah so so i think what we can see that inspection is subjective yeah. by its very nature yeah. and and so where we are at the moment with such a thin accountability landscape inspection is incredibly yeah. powerful yeah. and therefore has to be really yeah. good but it, it's also the danger of schools going off on a particular path or a particular tangent because of certain inspection reports of and you know it's like you always read the inspection reports of the schools yeah. that you know or schools yeah, that yeah. are closest to you 
because you've got an idea of what they're like and yeah. what they do so you can sort of compare it to where you are yeah but I think if if schools are going to head down that route they've got to be really careful like you said take with a pinch of salt yeah what is in those suspension reports and relate it very much back to your context where are we yeah what does that mean well, to us one of the things that I was just thinking of there is that um it, it feels a little bit you know like the the whole um criticism of gaming of the system yeah. you know with the GCSEs and everything and actually all of the you know the, the blame for that was placed on the schools who yeah, were doing yeah, yeah. it but actually it was the system that had created yeah. that yeah. unintended consequence by saying well we're going to measure these things yeah. so people work to yeah, that yeah, yeah. so by saying well Estin is all you've got people are going to shape themselves yeah, to fit the Estin yeah. mold and yeah. that's that's probably not the right thing yeah. to do because you know Estin's mold is varied and variable yeah. well when you think about it the only people really that have got the the context of each of those inspection mm. reports is the school themselves yeah so that inspection report is only really useful yeah to the school to the school yeah so let's move on to a couple of things that we want to say about the annual report and the PR around the annual report. I'm just going to have a little bit of a giggle here now. Because um, we'll, we'll, we'll put a link to the annual report at the end. We will do. So we'll you, do, if you have that's seen really it, useful. OK, so I, I, I'm just having a little bit of a giggle because um, there has been quite a bit of PR around the annual report. And it seems that Owen Evans... Um, he seems like a very nice man and he's come from S4C. Yeah. He was in government before he was a... It's a very um, different field from S in the moment, isn't it? Well, yeah. he's a very different man from Myla Rowlands and uh, he's um, he's a, he seems like a very personable and jolly man, but he's brought he's brought a um, a very much friendlier feel yeah. Yeah. to Estin. And whilst it's lovely that he does this, these pieces to camera saying, you don't know our report, and it was, you, you sent me a hashtag Jack and Ori. Yeah. It did feel a but little bit like that. But, it, but we were having a chat this morning. It's, it's a very much different feel to the way Ofsted yeah. are um, portrayed within. Well, and how Ofsted yeah. um, operate within yeah. England, because Estin did their launch, their launch of the annual report, but they did it in the Senate building. Which, given yeah. that they're an arm's length independent yeah. organization, yeah. it just feels feels a little well. It feels very cosy with yeah. Welsh government, yeah. and of course, you know, if if the minister wants to speak at the annual launch of the Eston report, great. But to have it in the Senate building felt a little bit too yeah. cosy. We're a very small country, yeah. Very, you know, compared to England in particular, yeah. And I think that that coziness, yeah, is certainly has been noticed since September. But I think we're yeah, we've made the comparison that yeah, with off offset, it's not quite the same. Given given the power and the education Scotland is the same as well. Yeah, but but given the power of Estin and how much um, schools will be watching what happens with Estin inspections, the fact that they are so close to Welsh government, I, I just feel yeah. maybe maybe we need something slightly different. Um, but Estin brought out a storybook. Yeah. A story, a bilingual storybook, even a storybook to understand the inspection process. Okay, um, they've also um, brought out uh, some prompts to teach to use with pupils to explore how they can work together more closely. Now, I was very interested in these because I thought, well, they brought out resources that actually can be used in the classroom, created by the inspectorate. So you would assume that these things are useful useful and and include the kind of content that actually would enable schools to be really really good because this is the inspectorate saying look this is what we're looking for well the, the point of a resource to me is so that you you can use it so you can do something with the assessment that you've yes that you've done with that resource okay so we we um will provide a link to the annual report they're embedded within the annual report i don't think there's a kind of standalone place where you can go and get them which is a bit of a shame as well because it's not easy to find them but um, when you go and see them maybe you'll understand why they've done that because they look great they look really lovely they're kind of like a, a little mr men um affair with um, mr men 
animations that you know you can scroll and the little Mr. Man walks across the screen. Um, and you would be forgiven for thinking that these were primary only. They're not the secondary as well, but the little Mr. Man walks across the screen for year 11s as well. And effectively what they are is they are um, between six and 10 questions. I think we just and get a bit cynical in our old age. I just the, um, the questions though, you know, um, one of the questions uh, was, I'm just trying to find, oh yeah, okay. So they were talking about, um, pupil voice and having a, um, a, a, a there was one design all around um, influencing the work of the school. So it's having your say. And one of the questions was, do you ever plan an activity or a whole lesson? So this was expecting pupils yeah. to, to have that question. Do we plan an activity yeah. or a whole lesson? I mean, who's in charge yeah. here? I can, I can understand in a way this idea of planning an activity within something, but not this whole lesson whole lesson well the, we know yeah. that when you're a beginning teacher it takes you an hour to plan an hour's yeah. lesson yeah. how long would it take a group of pupils yeah. to plan a whole that i just anyway that blew my mind so that there's you know the lovely primary colors there's lots of animation in there um some of the questions really make you wonder um how they i don't imagine that schools really are going to um use them no and i there's lots of other, other things that we could say you know some of the some of the discussion around the four purposes in the annual report is like it's really questionable i mean um well i think the four purposes in particular is one of those areas that has lethally mutated oh, well, from okay. where from the, the, the intentions right at the, at the at the outset okay so there was this whole thing in the um in the annual report about the four purposes and they were talking about how um in some primary schools, pupils weren't able to um, to explain um, how they could become more ambitious or behave more ethically. Now, okay, so I, I can imagine a situation where you'd sit down with a load of year fives and sixes and say, yeah. well, look, how can you behave more ethically? And they say, well, I might use, you know, yeah. uh, um, a, a, an electric car or I might recycle or what have you, but how can I become more ambitious? Well, I think as an adult, I struggle to answer that. <laughs> I, I genuinely I don't, don't know, know how I could become more yeah. ambitious. I mean, you know, I could have a go at suggesting a few strategies, but I just, it felt, it felt, you know, if this is what we're expecting, prime, and this was in the primary yeah, yeah. one, this is what we're expecting primary school pupils to be able to talk about with inspectors, how they can become more ambitious. You can totally understand schools having the four purposes characters and talking about you know confident colin and what confident colin does yeah. and how they behave and stuff but you know becoming more ambitious is that uh, to be more ambitious i would um say yes to everything yeah as a strategy yeah. you know and how that links with my own psychology and what i have experienced and you know whether i've got adverse childhood experiences in you know in in my background or it's just it, it's I, I feel could, like it I becomes could feel a bit some tick boxy. I could feel some tick boxes coming along. Okay. A bit. Well, then in the secondary schools, poor practice it included, and I'm quoting here now, had produced tick sheets for pupils to identify which particular aspect of the four purposes of the curriculum for Wales they were developing. Yeah. So you can, and and this is what I mean about Estim being incredibly powerful is that. They can say something. Oh, well, we couldn't see how the pupils didn't say how they could become more ambitious. So a school responds to yeah. that and says, in this lesson, we're going yeah. to become more ambitious. Look, you can see it's happening. Box ticked. S and inspector, look at this. Yeah. But then they say that it's for practice. Oh, deep breath. There we go. Deep breath. OK. So what's coming up for us? Well... <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a lie down well we'll have journeyed back from north wales by the time we finish yeah it. i hope the weather's nice i hope the weather nice yeah because it's lovely if it's a lovely sunny day like today it's a lovely drive um we are in back bark community primary to follow up with the session that we did last week and we've got a clamp infants we're working with them doing some sorts of learning progression type progression new uh, type of work and we're well. carrying so, on working with some of the other schools that we mentioned yes. earlier on so there's lots going on but this has been a mammoth 
Um, yeah, it's going to need to lie down after this one. <laughs> it's going to be all curry half and half. Yeah, it's curry, curry half, half yeah. and half day in the office today, so but we're going to go know, and enjoy that. Finn was in a happy place doing all that analysis, weren't you? you did, yeah, well, you did like it. A I did bit. it well because it was it was it was yeah. putting things in boxes, yeah. and it was a bit of. Um, See, if it was language. numbers, I would have done it, but it it was words, so you did it. Yeah, yeah. There, there you are. are then. All right, so Thanks. we will see you again soon. Take care. Bye now. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.